Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. You can catch us and get onto us at any point in time with any questions, thoughts, feedback at Locked on Bucks on Twitter or LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Uh, the Bucks uh, back on the winners list with a bang. 144 to 97, they beat the Heat. They set an NBA all-time record for the most threes made in an NBA game. They were 29 for 51, 56.9% from three. And uh, I might be just letting some of you guys know that they broke that record, actually, because you might not have been able to see the damn game because TNT, halfway through the third quarter, decided, eh, we've seen enough. Let's just go and watch some other entertaining basketball. Maybe Golden State, Detroit, that sounds like a good game. How about Washington, Chicago? And in the background, you just said Kenny and Chuck and, and that game just cracking jokes. So, uh, honestly, I, I thought it was complete bullshit, Frank. I know you were fortunate enough you had Fox Sports Wisconsin, but I know a lot of people that couldn't. I was able to get back onto the game uh, for the last quarter, but I missed most of the third, and I understand that it was a blowout. But the Bucks did make a bit of history tonight, and I think that that was worth watching if you were just going to flick to other blowout games. And when the Bucks actually broke the record, or tied the record, I should say, on TNT, they were showing a Twitter clip of Steph Curry shooting threes at practice as the Bucks were actually making history on the court. Uh, we've sat through multiple seasons of Golden State and other teams blowing out teams on national TV. I don't know why tonight was any different, but I didn't like it. I felt bad for Bucks fans that weren't able to watch this highly entertaining game, and a piece of history was missed by a lot of Bucks fans. And honestly, I just think it was a load of shit. Yeah, I mean, in principle, you know, do I think it's a big deal to not show a ridiculous blog game and, and to switch to uh, you know closer games? No, but the problem is. Um, if you're watching, uh, if you're a league pass watcher, you know, you're, you're stuck watching the the game on TNT because it's a nationally televised game. Yeah. And even a lot of people in Wisconsin right now are not getting uh, Fox sports, Wisconsin due to some various kind of carriage, um, you know, issues with, I think Sinclair is, is having some sort of hold up with negotiations with, with Fox and the regional sports channels and things like that. So um, or who, I guess Sinclair now owns the Fox regional sports channels and they've been having some sort of um, not every um, not every carrier is is currently show have if has Fox Sports Wisconsin so um, I'm here at my parents house they have direct TV I was able to watch it on Fox Sports Wisconsin which um, you know I was watching from the start I don't I would never choose to watch a TNT carried game if I can watch Fox Sports Wisconsin uh, normally I have to in Texas but uh, tonight I, I had the option and I gladly took, uh, took the, the Fox sports Wisconsin one. And obviously I would have had to switch back anyway, but, um, yeah, I, I, uh, strange circumstances. And, and again, I, I think people have a right to be annoyed because 
again, if there's no way to watch a game other than the national broadcast and you, you know, you're basically saying you have to watch your team on this channel. Well then what the hell, if they stop showing the game, you know, WTF. So yeah, I mean, I think understandably frustrated, um, especially on a night when literally the Bucks set an NBA record. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. an NBA record for three pointers made is, is a crazy record to set and they broke it by two threes. I was hoping they might hit 30. Um, you know, as of, I think two, three years ago, this number was 24 and now it's all the way up to 29 after the Bucks record breaking performance tonight. And of course, ironic that we would see them, you know, hit 29 threes in this game after going what seven for 38 and getting completely lit up by the Knicks on Sunday. I mean, it, honestly, it's, it makes it kind of hard for us to really meaningfully talk about what this team is doing because the last three games have been just completely decided by the three point shooting disparities in the games and trying to sort of tease out like, the, you know, the, the underlying play on offense and defense has been kind of challenging because it, it's, you know, it's, it's so easy to get lost in sort of the make or miss dimension of this game. But um, obviously if you, if, you know, hopefully people, I think at least they saw enough of this game to know obviously what the outcome was going to be. It was really just, the posterity of the record that, that people missed out on. So, you know, again, that, that kind of sucks. It was fun watching that fourth quarter with uh, Jordan Wara coming in and immediately draining two step back threes and then <laughs> Sam DJ Wilson hitting a three and then Sam Merrill uh, just dribbling up into uh, yet another pull up three. And, and I think he's still not missed a three pointer on the season. So um, it was fun when they brought in the kids because you knew those guys were going to jack up threes and they were not going to be bashful. Um, and, uh, Bryn Forbes had a toe on the line long too, that that was almost the 30th as well. So, um, yeah, a strange game, a funhouse mirror game. Um, and, you know, I think watching these last three games, you kind of have whiplash, uh, you know, trying to make heads or tails of, of the Bucks streaky, uh, offense and I guess defense, but, you know, again, obviously we know that, that you can only do so much, uh, when, when teams are, either missing or, or making threes on the other end. But uh, certainly nice to come out on the historically positive side tonight in a game that you really wanted to win. I mean, you know, not only are you one and two, and obviously you want to bounce back after that Knicks game, but you're playing the team that, that bounced you unceremoniously in the second round. And no Jimmy Butler tonight. Obviously, I think that that put a, took a little bit of the edge off, you know, because if the Bucks won, you knew that, well, Jimmy Butler didn't play. So, you know, is there an asterisk on it? But um, I would say it, it didn't matter if, you know, LeBron and Wade and prime Chris Bosh suited, <laughs> suited up tonight, <laughs> the way the Bucks shot the ball, uh, the heat were, we're not going to win this game. And, you know, literally from the word go, it's a 12, nothing lead for the Bucks right out of the shoot. Um, I, I assumed the heat would get back in the game a little bit, right? I mean, you, you, every team makes a run, but I mean, th- this game was literally never close and um, just, uh, again, I, I think we'll probably use the word historic a few more times as podcasts because it was an historic three-point shooting night. It was an historic ass-kicking. I mean, you know, just, just that final line um, is, is a crazy number to see. I mean, 144 to 97 uh, <laughs> on the road in Miami. I mean, again, that, that's just a silly number, and it's made all the more silly by the fact that Giannis sucked offensively again and it did not matter one bit 
So I think there is, uh, and you sort of touched on it, Frank. I mean, it feels like the takeaways from this game are actually minimal because, uh, you know, basically if you're going to hit 29 threes, you're probably going to win the game and win the game by a significant margin. I do want to get into a few things that I picked up on as well. as We can sort of bounce back and forward. Uh, before I do that, I want to get this uh, message from betonline.ag out of the way here. Now, if you did have a bet on the Bucks breaking an all-time record for three-point makes tonight, you're probably feeling pretty good. I don't even know if that's something you can do, but we know the NFL playoffs and college bowl season is right here now, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wages. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Frank, uh, I thought to start this game and clearly the offense is going to take precedent here and it's going to be the thing that people notice walking away from this game for obvious reasons but post game Eric Spolstra made the comment that this looked like a Bucks team that had been thinking about this game and this matchup for 80 days I'm not 100% sure that I necessarily think it was Miami it probably had something to do with it but I do think the fact that the Bucks were clearly so frustrated and pissed off with their defense against the Knicks two days ago I think that might have been more of a contributing factor there was some reports this afternoon that the Bucks had. I won't go as far as to say a players-only meeting, but some words were said amongst themselves about the defense and the fact that they just weren't satisfied with the way they'd started this season, despite the fact that there's been roster turnover. We know that. And I thought just the first three or four minutes, they really set the tone. Drew Holiday picked up a couple of quick steals. Giannis was getting his hands in the passing lanes. And the intensity was just there to a level that we haven't really seen outside of probably the fourth quarter in Boston. Because I, I think, you know, even the Golden State win, the intensity wasn't there. They just beat down a really average team. In the fourth quarter against Boston, they turned it up. But I thought they sent a message early. And then, of course, after that, the threes started to fall. But I think, again, defensively, you, you get an idea when this team is clicking on all cylinders with your best five players on the floor, the combinations and the, the stuff you're going to be able to do and the offense you're going to be able to create from those turnovers and steals when you have Drew Holiday and Dante DiVincenzo in the backcourt, and then, of course, Giannis and, and Brooke patrolling the paint. Uh, that's without mentioning Chris Middleton there. But I just think what this team's going to be able to do offensively when they really do turn up that intensity is going to be pretty special. Yeah, I, and I don't know if people really remember it, but you know the, the, the seeding round game that the Bucks had against the Heat, the Heat mm. took that big lead at halftime, and then the Bucks came out in the second half, third quarter in particular, and really turned the screws defensively. Bledsoe, um, George Hill, I thought, did a great job. And, and part of that was when Tyler Harrow was playing point guard. It just felt like they really dis- disrupted what the Heat were trying to do offensively in that game. And I thought, you know, the start of this game, again, you know, Goran Dragic coming off the bench, he came in, what, two and a half minutes into this game? Because <laughs> literally, I think on the first, yeah, I think on the first five possessions, they had four turnovers, I think. Two, two holiday steals, a Giannis steal, 
and an offensive foul on a moving screen on a, out of bio. And I think the only shot they got was a Myers Leonard air ball from the top of the key that was actually pretty well defended. And so, yeah, I thought holiday kind of really set the tone um, with just his activity. Giannis gets that steal bucks, just looking very frisky defensively. And, you know, they came into this game 29th in opponent turnover rate, right. Which basically kind of told you that they have not been forcing turnovers. This is obviously a team under bud that has not historically forced a lot of turnovers. That's really not kind of what they focus on. Um, but in this game, they obviously really kind of came out and hawked the ball. They were aggressive, thought they shrunk the floor really well. And obviously, you know, when you're getting in passing lanes the way the Bucks were, um, some of that obviously is decision-making by the Heat. Obviously, the Heat did not play well tonight by, you know, clearly, right? Uh, but I think part of it also was just, I think, to what you were getting at was the Bucks literally felt like they had some things to prove defensively. And I, you know, I think it was impressive the way, the way that they, you know, really brought the intensity from the word go and, and that got them some easy buckets. And you know, as we said, it was 12, nothing in a blink. And, and then that was, was pretty much it. And so, yeah, I thought defensively, you know, impressive performance. Um, obviously so much of this, you know, pretty much this game turned into garbage time um, by essentially like midway through the second quarter, it seemed, um, as, as there were, you know, they really weren't even any runs. I mean, I think Miami got it to like 24 a couple times, maybe early in the second half and the Bucks just bombed away a few more threes and, and kind of that was it. Um, but I, I think, you know, a couple of things really jumped out. I mean, Harrow actually, he was the only guy who really played well for Miami. He ended up with 23 points on 16 shots, but you know, it just seemed like there was no rhythm to that Miami offense. They pulled Leonard and Harkless very early. Those guys barely played in this game. Leonard played two minutes. Harkless played four minutes total. Um, and, you know, but you look you look up and down the lineup. I mean, Dragic, one out of two for two points in 10 minutes, three turnovers. Um, Duncan Robinson, one out of four. He made one out of four from three, four points total. Thanasis Adetokounmpo outscored Duncan Robinson in the first half, okay? Not just a garbage time thing. Thanasis hit as many threes in the first half as Duncan Robinson. And I thought Chris Middleton did a really nice job staying connected with him. We've obviously talked about my concern coming into the year was, Hey, is, is Chris going to have to just work a lot harder defensively this, this year without having, you know, the likes of Wes Matthews to sort of take some of the, the chasing and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, having to kind of battle and, and defend difficult covers on the other side. And I thought Middleton did a really nice job staying connected with Leonard the only, the only three, he hit the first shot. The Miami's first basket was a three where Leonard sort of, or uh, uh, Robinson sort of hesitated for a second, hit the three anyway. Chris was right there. Um, but other than that, you know, they defended, you know, Duncan Robinson about as well as you could have hoped. And for a Bucks team that obviously has has had issues defending the three-point line. They give up a lot of threes. You always worry about a guy like Robinson and his gravity and the movement of a team like Miami. I thought it was really encouraging the fact that he was a complete non-factor. And you know, you look at kind of other guys that have traditionally hurt the Bucks. Obviously, Dragic, we know what he did last year. He really obviously never got on track and was pretty disjointed when he was in there. Kelly Olynyk, one out of five, five points in 25 minutes. Um, you know, he had some garbage time opportunities as well. He didn't really take advantage. And you know, ultimately the only guys who really did much scoring tonight were Kendrick Nunn, who took 17 shots to get his 15 points. Um, Avery Bradley, 14 points on nine shots. He made four out of six threes. And as we mentioned, um, you know, Tyler Harrow, uh, you know, did end up get, getting some, some shots to fall, but, you know, again, he was taking a lot of mid range jump shots, you know, shots, you think you can kind of live with 
and you know ultimately um you know the the heat were a minus 32 with hair on the floor so so it's not like they really didn't have anything going regardless of who's on the floor i mean bad on bam out of bio they were also minus 32 with with out of bio on the floor so it didn't really matter who the, the heat were rolling out there um you know the bucks had just no problems hitting shots and again there were some you know obviously some shots tonight that went in that you say eh, there's probably not shots you're gonna expect to go go in most <laughs> nights you know, you don't hit 29 threes just by shooting all wide open shots. But, um, you know, guys, I mean, it didn't, didn't feel like guys were really forcing shots, especially in the first half. Um, you know, Dante DiVincenzo, once again, five out of six on threes, 17 points. He, again, night in and night out, first four games of this year, the last three games of that Heat series, you know, he's been above 50%, 50% or better every game now, seven straight games. He has really started the year off looking about as good as you could hope and drew holiday what do you have one three that step back three in the fourth quarter against boston before, coming into this game hadn't hit a three in the previous two games and he comes out and hits six out of ten threes for 24 points uh in just 26 minutes tonight with seven assists those three steals a block um he was great and obviously chris ho-hum four out of five threes <laughs> 10 for 13 from the field 25 points, five assists, couple steals, four rebounds. Did have five turnovers. That was really the only downside for Chris. Um, you know, he was obviously lights out. And and Brooke Lopez, who obviously we've talked about him struggling, he got things going early, hit three out of four threes, four out of five overall, and, and 14 points in just 18 minutes. So they really didn't even need to put Brooke out there very much. So, um, you know, it wasn't like they really went to Brooke. It's not like they went made some concerted effort to get the Brooke the ball. Um, but you know, he found again, some opening, some rhythm and, and obviously hitting that first shot. Um, he wasn't playing in Orlando, but, uh, you know, he, he was close <laughs> enough to Disney world, I guess that, that the magic, the magic, magic kingdom, uh, you know, pixie dust, uh, still had, had some effect for Brooks. So that was obviously a really nice thing to see as well for him to kind of get, to get him going a little bit. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, again, it was just, um, aside from Giannis, really nothing to complain about up and down, up and down the, the box score, pretty much, uh, everybody who came in, you know, literally everybody other than Giannis hit a three tonight, which is the first time that's ever happened in NBA history that 12 guys hit a three and, uh, just, just a fun night where everything went in. And, um, I, you know, as we were sort of alluding to tough to tell, what do you make of this? But obviously right now you know, we don't know how explosive this Bucks offense is going to be. We don't know how good this defense is going to be. And so I think certainly it's, it's encouraging to see them come out and, and look confident and make shots and, and show some fluidity, right? And the same as, as in that Warriors game. Um, you hope you have a lot more games, at least more on the side of this versus the, the seven for 38 shooting we saw against New York. Um, and I think the real test now is, all right, you beat Miami, you, you, you know, you kick them in the teeth and obviously they're going to come back tomorrow looking I'd say a pretty motivated bunch we'll see if Jimmy Butler comes back but uh, I, I think the interesting now is well can you do it can can you beat them twice in two nights which is obviously very difficult to do and um, you know ultimately this is a, a fun night to, to remember a cool night in the box score this will you know this will pad those uh, offensive and defensive ratings plenty <laughs> uh, bucks bucks you'll be shocked to know the Bucks lead the NBA in offense right now. I think they're like a 128 offensive rating, which is just insane. Um, and they also uh, lead the league in net rating for the third straight year. Uh, of course, they're still only two and two uh, to show for, for that league leading net rating of plus 14. But, um, 
but who knows, you know, if this again is indicative of, of this being a more explosive offense than what we saw a year ago, then obviously that'd be a really good sign because we know that in the playoffs, the supporting cast in particular shots were not falling and we don't expect to make 29 threes in a playoff game, but hopefully this is a team that again can create good looks and is not going to be bashful and is going to be able to knock down threes at a, at a higher rate than they have in years past. Cause that's obviously been something that when push kind of came to shove, they obviously were not able to, to score at a high enough rate against the heat against the Raptors. And so, you know, again, that's 70 some games off before, before we have to worry about that stuff for real. But, um, you know, uh, an early start, a little confidence boost again is, is a positive. And now you just have to figure out, okay, let, how about, how about you, you know, hit a good amount of threes every night rather than going this feast or famine thing as they've done the last three games. All right. Let's talk about built go because built go makes you the best you at whatever you do. You can break through your daily wall with go, whether it's a mental or physical wall, Break through it with Built Go every single day. It's easy to take in 1.5 ounce packages. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five hour energy without the same crash feeling you get with other products. Plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with just a third of the caffeine and better results. There's three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And of course, we've got a pretty good deal for you guys. Visit BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollander and Duncan podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider John Hollander joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to the Hollander and Duncan podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. Not to be a wet blanket on a night where it was obviously such a just a fun one-off game to watch where you do make a little bit of history. But, you know, the point you made about the Miami lineups is clearly the most important thing you take away from this game if you're thinking long-term. Because uh, I'm sure, you know, come playoff time again, Spolster is probably going to look to start Goran Dragic in that lineup and Jimmy Butler will be in there. And clearly, to start the game, yes, the Bucks' intensity was wound up several notches. But they were able to suffocate a Miami team that really lacked a bit of playmaking with the ball in hand, even though you did mention Tyler Hero obviously had a relatively good night and was able to find a bit of a rhythm as the game went on. It's clearly a different Miami team uh, with Dragic playing more than 10 minutes and uh, and Jimmy Butler there as well. And again, Spolster is a smart coach. I think Dragic probably would have played a lot more, but this one was over early and he said, well, we're going to play these guys tomorrow. Let's try and get one of these games. So it's going to be a different game tomorrow. And unfortunately, you don't start with a 47-point lead, which would be uh, which would be pretty nice. The shooting is so fascinating to me. I mean, you talk about a high-powered offense. I mentioned on yesterday's show that despite the Bucks being one and two, and again, we, we talk about this. I mean, net rating in small sample sizes, it's crazy. It bounces up and down. But the starters had a net, net rating of plus 11 through those three games. I thought they'd been good. The question marks have been around what you're getting from the second unit. But as far as firepower goes and shooting goes, to this point, again, very early. But this is how you, you can tell that these numbers bounce around because Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez were a combined 
two for 16 from three coming into this game. And now they're both sitting there with three-point percentages greater than 36%. So that's, that's fantastic. Just stay there for the rest of the season, guys, and we'll be very happy. Uh, I want to talk about Giannis in the last segment, Frank. But before we do, I, I thought it was worth mentioning Bryn Forbes, who is, is shooting 38.5% from three so far. We spoke about him. In many respects, he is a limited player. He's going to get you catch-and-shoot threes. But I thought it was kind of fascinating when this game was kind of still a game that Bud was using some different lineups, and he was actually out there on the floor with Chris Drew and Giannis for a period and he was just getting open look after open look after open look and when you talk about the caliber of shooters that the Bucks have had on the roster in the past Bryn Forbes is clearly a step up when it comes to catch and shoot scenarios and he took advantage of it he knocked down a few shots today he scored in double digits and I think it's just going to be interesting to see how Bud uses him with those uh, better lineups and then we saw Dante in other stages with Giannis and he was kind of the ball handler, bringing the ball up the court because I think Bryn Forbes is a little bit more limited that if you can play him with those starting groups, then you're really asking the defense to make a decision. Now, Miami, we know, is not willing to uh, move away from packing the paint and stopping Giannis from getting to the rim. That's going to result in Bryn Forbes shooting open threes all night long. It obviously paid off tonight like it did for everyone. But even long term, that's going to be good for the Bucs if they put him in with those starters because he is genuinely and has been genuinely uh, an elite catch-and-shoot threat. Yeah, and tonight, I mean, he had a number of good looks. Missed, missed a, at least two or three, I thought, mm. for fairly good looks. It seemed like Giannis was looking for him. Um, you know, Giannis's playmaking, I think, has looked pretty good. Uh, of late um you know that's probably the one upside is i think he's making a lot of smart reads in terms of passing and um you know with a guy like forbes obviously you generally like your odds if if you're kicking out to him uh with an open look uh but but yeah i I think that is one of the interesting things i mean the bucks you know the the knock on them the past two years really has been that they shoot a lot of threes but they don't really shoot them that well and uh, you know, again, I don't. I don't think the, this team just eyeballing the roster. It's not like they're suddenly, you know, the greatest shooting team of all time. Even though they just had the single best shooting night <laughs> in NBA history. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how this is going to kind of you know pan out. I think some of it's going to depend also just on you know shot selection and you know do guys tend to have do guys have you know better years or worse years within sort of the normal range of outcomes, right? I mean, Drew Holiday is a guy whose three-point percentage has varied quite a bit year to year. We've seen, obviously, Brooke the last couple of years has been, you know, perceived as a very good three-point shooter to a very, you know, disappointing three-point shooter. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you just hope that obviously everything kind of works and clicks and guys get a lot more open looks. And obviously, the more open looks you get, the more you're going to obviously tend to see those go down. So. Um, Nice to see guys like you mentioned, Brooke and Holiday and, and Forbes, guys that you know we know can shoot at a better rate than they have sh- shot at. Um, get to see some some shots fall. Um, I guess on that topic, the the downside you alluded to it. Uh, while Thanasis at Akumbo did hit his first career NBA three pointer tonight, <laughs> uh, his brother Giannis was the lone buck who did not. And I was looking at shot charts. Um, by my math, since the opener, he is one out of 17 outside the restricted area. So not just jump shots, but literally anything that isn't in the immediate basket area. Giannis made one three in New York the other night. He's missed 16 other shots that he's taken that have been basically not layups. And, I mean, 
again, it's early. I think the glass half full would say, well, obviously Giannis isn't this bad, right? I mean, he had literally what his worst offensive night in two and a half years, I think, uh, tonight um, in terms of scoring nine points. Um, but I mean, he doesn't really look confident doing anything offensively right now. Um, his free throw shooting continues to be a problem. Uh, you know, this feels like the first, you know, again, we have seen no indication that he is better this year than he was last year, which the bar is extremely high for that. Um, it would be nice if he could just look as good as he did last year. Cause right now he's not looking anywhere close to, to what he was last year. Uh, and, um, you know, again, the, the season is long. What's important is what he's doing in the playoffs. But I mean, let's be realistic. If he shoots 60% from the line and can't make threes and doesn't seem to make jump shots during the regular season, there's no magic button. He's going to push to start making those in the playoffs. He's got to work through this obviously in the regular season and there's months and months to go to do that, but he just doesn't look like he has any rhythm right now. He's in a slump. And, um, you know, it's, he's, he's not fun to watch right now, which is something obviously I'm, I'm not used to saying he's my favorite player, my favorite player to watch. And, you know, I, would be lying if I told you, I, I enjoyed this game a fair bit less just because it was kind of painful watching Giannis struggle. He was trying to force his way to the basket. He wasn't getting calls. Um, and you know, you just don't get the feeling that, that he's really confident when he puts a shot up right now, which is something that obviously we're used to him not being a good shooter, but um, right now, I mean, this is just kind of kind of ridiculous right now. These last few games, like to to be in in a funk the way he has been. So we'll see. Hopefully, he's just you know one game. Next game is you know tomorrow night or tonight when you listen to this. Hopefully, that's the game that Giannis breaks out and starts to see some shots go down. But obviously, Miami is a tough matchup for him. They have historically done well containing him, and um, you know, again, tomorrow is another chance to to kind of get off the schneid because um, I think this Bucks team is going to be really fun when, when Giannis starts to hit his stride, but it hasn't happened quite yet. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I was all that worried about it, although I, I would say that I, I think playing against this Miami team and seeing similar type issues in terms of scoring the ball and being able to get to his spots and be efficient is certainly noteworthy because, as I mentioned earlier, Miami, more than any other team in the league, sells out on every single other player other than Giannis and says, we don't really care. We're putting four guys in the paint. And you saw it tonight, even without Andre Iguodala, who did not dress, without Jimmy Butler, they still just put their bodies in there and said, well, we don't really care about the personnel, but you're going to have to get through five guys. And it's going to be other guys that are going to score. So I do think it will be interesting moving forward because if he doesn't, if he isn't able to hit shots from the outside, then Giannis is going to be turned into basically a facilitator. And I know that he's been the leading scorer for the Bucs over the last few seasons. But to me, this is why the acquisition of Drew Holiday is even more important. Because again, now you have a guy that is actually aggressively going to try and score. And we saw at stages tonight, he was able to still get to his spots in the paint, even though he was 6 for 10 from the outside. Drew Holiday was still 3 for 5 inside the arc. And at times, he was able to use those hesitation moves and his sort of change of pace, change of direction to get to spots that he needed to get. Uh, They were able to run a couple of really nice plays, actually, from baseline, out-of-bounds plays and get easy baskets near uh, in the paint in the restricted area as well. So I I just think that for matchups like this, it's certainly still going to be a concern because Giannis is clearly the MVP and he's clearly the guy that you want to lead you through a series like that. And he's going to have to be really, really good. But I think it was another reminder why the acquisition of someone like Holiday was just so damn important for this team. Because on nights like tonight, 
and let's be honest, you're not always going to knock down 29 threes. In fact, you may never do it again. So you're going to have to find other ways to score. And again, I just think uh, that's why this team has got better in the offseason in the, the starting five, in the plays that you're going to want to play in a half-court setting in a playoff series. But this Miami team is tough, and they're going to continue to be tough. And we're going to find out tomorrow when I, I don't expect the Bucs are going to shoot as well that they're going to have to find other ways to score. And Giannis, to this point, still hasn't cracked the Miami code. Yeah, I thought he also uh, he, he got into the passing lanes a number of times for, for steals, which was nice to see because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even last year, his, his defensive player of the year season, you know, his stocks were way down. And, you know, now four games, he only has two blocks. But um, he's now had, what, five steals in the last two games, I think, doing a nice job using that wingspan to be disruptive and create some steals. Um, he did that tonight well. But, um, you know, it's interesting. I think we talked about it in the Knicks game. He was blitzing really hard um, at the end of that game uh, on pick and rolls. And it felt like just sort of like maybe Bud was just like, ah, screw it, you know, just gamble, <laughs> whatever. But um, it was interesting. It was in the first quarter tonight. Uh, he, he tried to go really hard at a Harrow pick and roll at the top of the key. And it was like a Jabari Parker special where, you know, Jabari would sometimes under Jason Kidd, like supposed to go out and play pretty aggressively on a pick and roll. But then, he ends up on the wrong side of the screener. He's completely out of the play. Um, and Harrow, I think I, I have to check it again, but I think Harrow just sort of rejected the screen. And so Giannis ends up basically running up to the top of the key, gets completely out of position, and Harrow gets a bucket because Giannis just completely misread the play. Um, it's one of those interesting things. I mean, we're obviously we're so used to the Bucks playing, you know, that more conservative style of, of pick and roll defense. And when I saw that, I almost kind of wondered, like, did is Bud, you know, is Bud sort of telling Giannis, like, you know, follow your instincts. And if you want to, if you want to be really aggressive on a pick and roll, be aggressive or, or whatever. I, I don't know that he would do that. It feels like a very un, unbud like thing to do. Um, but I think, you know, showing variation in the coverage of something like that, I think is important, right? Because you know, that as a team like the heat, the more that they know what you're going to do, the better they're going to be at beating it. And especially with a player like Giannis who can do different types of things, you know, coverage wise, I, I would encourage you know them to try things like that and to vary the way that they are covering things like pick and rolls because because obviously you know we saw tonight I mean Harrow if he goes downhill and you give give him some room you know, obviously he can hit those mid range shots which he did a number of times but um, but I thought that was an interesting thing I saw in the first quarter from Giannis and really interesting thing to watch moving forward you know is that something that they try to be a little more unpredictable with which again less predictable I think you know after watching what we've seen for this team the last couple of years is probably better um but that unpredictable doesn't mean you have to be necessarily it doesn't mean we want you to be bad at doing, <laughs> doing it. that that play I had flashbacks to Jabari getting stranded on the wrong side of a, of a screener but but anyway um I, I don't think the Bucks are going to get too hung up on that in the film session if they have if they have any time before tomorrow night's game um but uh We'll see. I mean, if you, I think, I think if you told us you'd get a split, we would have said, "Hey, that's fine." You know, whatever. Um, it's hard to beat any team, let alone a really well-coached team, twice in 24 hours um, on the road. But now that you've won the first one, obviously, you know, you really want to get that second one tonight, tomorrow as well, because um, certainly, especially after you know an up and down here first week being able to snatch, you know, two wins in Miami against the team that, that obviously just beat you in the playoffs, you know, would be a nice little morale boost. And again, I think a lot of kind of what you're doing at this point is really just sort of trying to set, you know, your, your tone for the season and, 
you know, integrate your new guys and build some confidence and, you know, hopefully iron out some of those kinks that, uh, that we've seen <laughs> at various points here through the preseason and through the first week of the regular season. So, um, so we'll see, uh, again, tough to beat any team twice, uh, in a row on back-to-back nights, especially a team like the heat, but, um, certainly when that first night of the, of the, uh, of the back-to-back, you don't want to be, you know, don't want to get too satisfied with yourself. And so I think it'll be a, a fun test to see how they come out tomorrow. Obviously you expect the shooting to be much more even <laughs> tomorrow night than tonight. But, um, yeah, if it's, if it's not, I can live with that. You know, if the bucks are just going to be uh, an awesome three point shooting team more regularly, I can live with that. You know, just, just less of the seven for 38 bullshit, you know, like just, just don't be horrible. Okay. Just be, just be decent most nights at least. And then, and then have these fun nights that, that, that would that work for me. Yeah, one other number that stood out to me from Yana, six assists, two turnovers. Two turnovers is nice for him. I know even though he had his struggles at times in the past, that's where he started to pick up offensive fouls and turn the ball over a little bit and get stripped. So at least there's something. There's something. I don't know if you want to take that bone, Frank. Uh, You mentioned the shooting, though. 63 for 122 from three, over 50% in three of the games. Uh, The fourth game, yeah, seven for 38. A little bit of a difference there. Not great against the Knicks. Same time tonight. As you are listening to this podcast, 6.30 p.m. Central Time Tip. I believe it's on NBA TV. I don't know what that's going to mean for a lot of guys trying to uh, watch this game tonight. But all I can say is hopefully, hopefully the game is is able to be watched and uninterrupted. That's all we ask for. When you say you're going to broadcast the game, just broadcast the game. It's not too hard. We're not asking for a lot here. And I want to finish it off with Chris Middleton because for those of you that are keeping track, and sometimes with Chris, I mean, he just gets buckets. We let it slide. We don't talk about it perhaps as much as we should. But so far through four games, 26.3 points per game on 58, 52, 100 shooting splits. Chris Melton has just started this season uh, on absolute fire. It's absolutely ridiculous. Frank, uh, I guess you're heading home soon. How many days you got? I don't know exactly. Um, I mean, it's snowing heavily tonight, so we'll have to figure out when, uh, when I head back to, to Texas, but, um, enjoying, I'm uh, enjoying my Fox sports, Wisconsin access. Let's <laughs> just say that for now. Uh, and Hey, I, I mean, I, I, I said before the season, Chris Milton was never going to do 50, 40, 90 cheers in a row. And, um, I was right. So, you know, since now he's at 50, 50, 100. So, um, perhaps, but that'll be tough to keep up, but, uh, he's, he's been really fun to watch and just. Um, obviously his, his rhythm right now, he, he, whatever, whatever mojo Giannis lost, uh, heading into the regular season, Chris seemed to gain. So, um, that certainly has taken some of the, the edge off the Giannis anxiety. Well, conversely, you, you did mention, uh, or comparatively, you mentioned the fact that you want to win the first game of the, of the back to, or the, the, the back to back against Miami. So then you, you want to get the second one and take the sweep, but, uh, you know, it's always better to get the first one and take the split because if you lose that first one, you feel a lot of pressure and the Bucks would have been one and three staring down the barrel of one and four. So they're back at 500. We're feeling pretty good about that. 144 to 97, 29 threes, an NBA record. Sam Merrill, uh, the one that gets to go into the record books, as Frank mentioned earlier. He's four for four to start his NBA career. Marcus Johnson, I saw, had some ridiculous stat that he's one of only seven players in NBA history to hit his first three uh, threes or something, something silly like that. Uh, but Sam Merrill clearly is a guy that can shoot the ball and he's had a nice little start to his career, mostly in garbage time. But nonetheless, the Bucks are 2-2. Two and two. They're back today against Miami, looking to move above 500 for the first time this season. For Frank and myself, we'll speak to you guys after that game.